I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Doesn't it just say everything about what Bill thinks of offense and quarterbacks? I mean, doesn't, I mean, you know, he, he would, again, he would never leave himself shorthanded on defense but at quarterback the biggest position he's like eh, if our quarterback gets hurt <laughs> and we have a shitty offensive line which it could happen it doesn't freaking matter who cares just run a ball just run a guy out there who can run around and make plays and do a read option i mean like this is where we are i mean if if this doesn't tell you how bill views the game and contrast that to other teams the better team, the best teams in this league, the teams that are competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Another week, another autopsy, and uh, it's not going to be the best autopsy. I mean, there's really no good autopsy, but this is especially painful the last three weeks. We'll get into it first. I'll tell you that uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner, the CLNS Media Network, and Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. All right, Greg, headlines, top stories. Let's start 30,000 feet looking at this organization and this team. They're one in five right now. Your general thoughts. So uh, my general thoughts is um, they are sort of nowhere on offense. Um the Raiders, you know, we sort of talked last week about how, you know, the first five games of the season, they went against a lot of top defenses. And I thought that uh, their opponents sort of made the Patriots offense look worse than it actually was. Um, you know, that with a new coordinator, with their injuries on the offensive line, that that they were going to have a tough time in any event. But that they looked pathetic and at the bottom of the league, like one of the league's worst offenses. To me, that was as much about who they were playing and where they were as an offense under a new coordinator and Bill O'Brien. But this game against the Raiders, which uh, look, they they're improving on defense. Um, We know that they have Max Crosby, who's unquestionably one of the best defensive players in the league guy that you can't like, you have to account for with multiple players on every play. That's how good he is. Um, But, you know, they don't have Nate Hobbs, their best cornerback. They're, they're not Uber talented anywhere. They don't have a very good defensive interior, Um, you know, with Chandler Jones gone, uh, you know, on the other side of Crosby, nobody really dangerous. They have, you know, George Koontz is, you know, a, a, a decent player over there. They have Tyree Wilson, who's a top 10 pick, but, you know, feeling his way coming back from offseason injury. And so, look, bottom line was this was not an intimidating defense for the Patriots to go against. And if they were ever going to look look capable, this was their opportunity. This was an opportunity for both the offense and Mac Jones to take a step forward. And I just think that didn't happen at all. I mean, did they do some things in the second half? Yeah, they did. They looked a little bit better. They ran the ball a little bit better. Um 
you know, Mac made a, well, no, he did really didn't make any plays in this game outside of the throw to Devonte Parker that he dropped. Um, you know, and I think it was, it was much of the same. I, I didn't think that, you know, they, we, they talked about quote unquote starting over. I mean, when you come out and you get penalties on the first two plays of the game and, you know, you give up a sack and just all sorts of mistakes again, like where the hell's the starting over? Where, where was the difference? Where was the, and, and considering the opponent, it was even more disappointing. And so, uh, you know, I guess my general thought is to me, when I looked at this game and I looked at the Patriots offense in particular, cause you know, we, we don't really worry about the Patriots defense and we'll get into them and they have their issues as well, but you could certainly play winning football with the Patriots defense, the way that it is you know, if you get a capable offense and this offense is just incapable. And to me, the reset for the Patriots offense was, I think Bill, Bill Belichick went to Bill O'Brien in their staff meeting on Monday last week and said, look, our offensive line is terrible. Um, Our quarterback is a shell of himself, like figure out a way to move the ball without, you know, stressing either of those two things. And I think that's what Bill O'Brien set out to do. I thought he actually did a really good job um, in this game uh, as far as play calling and setting up and how they needed to play. I did have some issues. Like I wish he would have run on first down more. He didn't do that till the second half. And finally that's when they started to move the ball. I don't under, I don't understand that. If, if I have one crit- criticism of Bill O'Brien, it's he's one of these offensive coordinators and I think it's a Patriots thing because McDaniels gets like this also, even though in this game he probably ran the ball too much. But, you know, where it's like, well, you know, we have to catch him off guard or we have to do that. Like, no, when you, you know, just just run the ball. I mean, look at where you are as, as an offense. And so, um, you know, I thought they, they changed some things on offense. I think the results were largely the same. And that's uh, disturbing, you know, especially when we start to talk about Mac Jones, because I definitely have some thoughts about him. Should have run the football more. I agree with you. I don't know how you run the ball 19 times against that Raiders defense. I don't know how you start the third quarter by running the football on first down four or five times. You drive right down the field and score a touchdown. Five out of the next eight first down plays were pass attempts. Doesn't make any sense to me. Two of the three plays that weren't pass attempts on first down and were run plays were like inside the five. They were goal line runs, which are easy go-tos. No sense to me whatsoever. This team at this point at one and five, they're not good enough to beat good teams unless good teams lay an egg. That's the only way they're going to be a good team. They beat Buffalo this weekend. It's not because the Patriots figured all this stuff out. It's because Buffalo didn't play well enough. They beat Miami and Miami two weeks from now. Same thing. They can beat middling teams. They can beat bad teams. They're they're along that company. And I'm telling you right now, and I've said this, and I stand by it, the worst possible scenario for this football team is for them to win six or seven games. That is the absolute worst case scenario if you want to try to build this thing and get Belichick out and make some massive, significant changes you do not want to crawl into purgatory. There's two places to be in this league. I've been saying it for the last few years, Greg. You either want to be in the bottom five or the top five, or at least have a chance to be in the top five. Being stuck in that middle, not where you want to be. So you mentioned the whole starting over stuff. You didn't see too many different things. Let's kind of jump to Belichick, Greg. Just your opinions on Belichick 
and especially how this game started. I mean, to me, here we go again, right? Like at the beginning of the game, you can't get out of your own way. Yeah, to me, Nick, you know, just looking at the big picture of where this team is and what they can do and what they can't do. Um, you know, I just think that that Belichick's ineffective at coaching this team right now. I don't think, you know, whatever message you used to get through, you know, uh, was it mostly because of Brady? Was it mostly because of the success? I mean, you know, they're so far gone from their successful times and the, and the roster turnover that happens. Like, it's a completely different it's a comp- completely different team. It's a completely different mindset. And I, I just think, you know, to me, the Patriots organization, especially the coaching staff, it always filters down levels. So, you know, Belichick uh, gives the broad strokes and tells everybody, you know, what he wants. And he's watching the team and he's giving them coaching points. And this is what we need to do better and things like that. And then it goes down to the, you know, off the coordinators and then down to the assistant coaches. And I just think, with with the the mistakes that we've seen and this is not a small sample size anymore nick i mean we you know we can go back to since brady left but like let's just look in the last 13 games this team is 3 and 10 and i think you know the victories were what you know the cardinals the jets this year and Oh, the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. I mean, you know, to further right. your point that you talked about who they can beat. I mean, they're three and 10. They've won three of their last 13 games. This is not a fluke. This is not about injuries this season. This is not about, you know, you know, Matt Patricia or, you know, what have you. This is about a team. It's about talent. And it's about how I just don't think the coaching is effective anymore. I don't, there's no way. I mean, if you looked at in just watching the film of this game, and look, the Raiders made some certainly made their fair share of mistakes. They they, they were one in six in the red zone. Um, a lot of it was their own doing. Uh, kept the score close. It, I, the Raiders were in complete control of this game from start to finish. Yep. You know, basically, and it just it, it just they just couldn't like for example the Jabril Peppers interception with Tavai on Devontae Adams. That's Garoppolo being late with the pass. Like he was a beat late with the pass. If he makes that pass earlier. You know, Adams breaks probably breaks a tackle and goes in for a touchdown, or at least you know they have a first down, what have you. You know, there were just little mistakes like that. But you know, to me, I thought that that the Raiders were the much better coach team um, in all aspects of this game, and that it's that has come to this point just tells me that I I, I just think that Belichick as as a head coach is just ineffective at this point. It's not about the GM bill letting down the coach bill, you know, I, 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 if, if he was getting everything out of this roster that he could possibly get, then you would say, Oh, it's the GM. I I don't know how you feel about it, Nick, but I don't think he's getting everything out of this team. I think they're undisciplined. They make mistakes all the time. It's not just the quarterback. And, you know, to me, you have to point it at bill that, that bill is responsible largely for a lot of what's going on. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love those little suckers, those little bonus bets. It's like free money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston 
and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The operation's a mess, and the operation is Bill Belichick's responsibility. And I'm not talking about the operation as far as roster construction. I'm talking about what you just mentioned, Greg. Penalties, the, the lack of attention to detail circumstances and situations that should be rather obvious at times seem not obvious to this coach and this coaching staff, fourth down decisions, the overall philosophy, the lack of aggressiveness, this team has zero identity. That's all in the head coach, all in the head coach. And we play this game of like, okay, well, you're either team Mac or team Belichick, whatever the hell game that is. This is not to, Here's the disclaimer. Every time I talk about Mac, we have to do it. This is not to absolve Mac of the Dallas game, the New Orleans game. Uh, I thought he took some baby steps this past week. They were small baby steps. He still wasn't good enough. He still made four or five plays that you look at and say, you know, that wasn't good. That The pick was awful. But we've talked about this. And Greg watches the film. He grades these guys out. And the last three weeks, Mac has not been good. No doubt about it. But Greg has told you before that Dallas game, as we were leading into the Dallas game, Greg had said, I think it was seven out of the last nine or eight out of the last 10 games or whatever it was. Mac Jones actually had a positive grade from Greg, more positives than negatives in each game. They're three and 10. So even when your quarterback is playing well, even when your quarterback has a great stretch like he had against Philadelphia in the second quarter, even when he's not looking like he's just mentally broken, you're still three and 10. It's the rest of the operation that if you want to do blame, pie, blame, pie, blame pie is on Belichick for the most part. And again, it's not to absolve the mistakes that Mac has made. The inevitable question is, not if Mac is broken, not if Mac is playing like crap, not if Mac is now one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. All of those things are true. The question to me is why? Why and how did Mac get to that point? And I don't think he woke up and just said, I now suck. I am broken because he played relatively well at the beginning of the season. Um, Robert Kraft said something in an interview, Greg, that jumped out at you. Now, this, this interview was recorded Uh, back in August, but Kraft said something about Belichick's future during this interview that jumped out. Uh, Tell the people why that is. Uh, Yeah, I was going to maybe try to play it, but so it was with uh, David Rubenstein, I think is the name. And um, so this was just released last week, but it was recorded on August 15th. And the interviewer asked Robert Kraft about Bill Belichick and, you know, how, you know, how long is he going to keep at it? He's been at it for, you know, whatever, 24 years. And Kraft basically said, well, you'll have to ask him um, that, you know, that basically like he'll decide, you know, when he's done. And I just wanted to get the, uh, I I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm just going to. I can't. He said, I'll let you, I'll let you ask him. 
he has to decide what's right for him. So that's the direct quote from Kraft. Um, If that's true, Nick, and I'll be interested in your opinion, I think that's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Now, again, look, the the context is it was in the middle of August. This is back when Kraft was like, I really like our team. I like how nobody's picking us. Like, you know, I think we have a good team. This is before one in five. And, uh, you know, with one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, if that's true, then I, I think it's ridiculous that, that Bill Belichick gets to write his own ticket when he's done. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. I think this is, to me, Nick, uh, to me, this sort of furthers the conspiracy theory. And this is something that I floated, I don't know, about a year ago when we were looking at 2024 and all the cap space they have, all the decisions they have to make, all the pending free agents that no one is re-signed other than, well, I mean, Devontae Parker and Juwan Bentley, um, the fifth year option on Mac Jones, like all that stuff. Um, I can't think that that Robert Kraft just is going to let Bill Belichick just coach until if he wants to stay until he's 85 and they're losing every that's that's not going to happen. And this would be the third losing season in four years. And by the way, I was looking back because somebody was asking me about Shula. Shula had one losing season, I think, in his last 19 years. And his his last one was eight years before he got pushed out by Wayne Huizenga. One. And it was eight years before. Every other hmm. year, they were right around about 500 or just over. And when he got pushed out, I think they qualified for the playoffs that year. But uh, I might be mistaken on that. To me, this is... Kraft and Belichick came to an agreement after last year and, and all that went wrong. And, and I do know Kraft was mad and like, if Bill didn't say the right things, then Kraft was ready to part ways, like mutually, whatever, um, that they have an agreement that, all right, fine. You know, you've earned another year. You've earned a mulligan on Matt Patricia, uh, that decision. Um, but if this does, doesn't go well, then, you know, I, I, it might be time. It might be time for you to go do something else or go coach someplace else or something like that. So let's, let's agree to that. You know, we're on a year to year basis, but the results matter. And if the results aren't there, then, you know, we both know what, what the, the, the conclusion should be on your career here. So to me, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's what it was, but certainly, um, a puzzling comment to make by Kraft. Yes, he made it in August, but uh, definitely interesting to be sure. Couple thoughts. Number one, you can't allow your fear of Bill Belichick to dictate your decisions any longer. Uh, people have to stop like fearing Belichick and, and fearing the wrath of Belichick. And they also, there, there's a point, Greg, where we get to, you can appreciate and respect what Belichick did you know, from when he joined the organization up until 2019, you can appreciate that. You can give him credit for that. You like when I look at it, I give Belichick credit for 010304 for sure. Those three Super Bowls, Brady still developing, shrewd decision making when it came to personnel, uh, putting together a great coaching staff, being on top of the details, having Ernie Adams, all of those things. I also would give Belichick a lot of credit for 2018 in that Super Bowl, because in the middle of the year, it was Belichick and McDaniels getting together and saying, we have to change what we're doing offensively. 
We've got to change stream. We've got to do something. We've got to be run first. That's what's going to define us. They made that change. And they don't win that Super Bowl unless Belichick completely shuts down and embarrasses Sean McVay. So it's not just, oh, well, Brady was the only reason Belichick. So you can give him credit. But we also have to look at what's happened since Brady left. And we also have to understand that there's been so many bad decisions. So we can't we can't cover Belichick's ass anymore because of what he did the first 19 years, 20. You just can't do it anymore. That, that's, that'd be malpractice by craft. Secondly, I do wonder, to go along with your conspiracy theory, Gerard Mayo, right? Was people, I think people can't, people don't want to come out because if they do, it, it'll look bad on Kraft and say, well, Kraft told Mayo that he's going to be the next head coach. But to go along with the conspiracy theory, it kind of feels like he did. And, and mm-hmm. if, if, if this was, if this was, hey, Bill, you got this last year, man. If you go out on top, awesome. You're going to get a statue anyway. You're going to be a hero anyway. This isn't going well. You know, Mayo is ready to take the keys. You know it. He's young enough. He wants to do it. We don't want to lose him. It, you know, so I, I think that conversation, did it happen? I can't, I don't know for a fact. I'm not reporting this. But it would seem to make a lot of sense that Kraft went to Mayo and said, man, just wait, wait one more year. I've had the conversation with Bill. We're moving forward without him in the next year or so. You're our next guy. Just stay, stay and be here. And we're going to give you the keys to the castle. Just believe us. That's what would make sense to me. I I, I completely agree with you. I, I think that, you know, when Mayo turned down head coaching opportunities uh, to interview, um, you know, that was a big tell. You, you don't do that unless you're promised something. And to me, he is the coach in waiting. And to Nick, the, the big thing is, and, you know, we're, we're going to have months to talk about this, the way this season is going and Buffalo next up and then Miami. Um, so they're staring at one and seven in the face. Uh, it's, you know, what does it look like? Okay. So maybe it is Mayo and, and, you know, from people that I talked to there, there are some, um, definitely mayo and we've talked about it before mayo is basically the crafts look at mayo is sort of like belichick but just updated updated firmware where he can you know thick analytically and you know is is willing to you know take some bigger swings personnel wise and 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 spend some money and not be so you know adherent to i don't want any player making more than i do at 20 million dollars a year or you know stuff like that that but the big thing is, is like, it, you know, if they do do that, if it is Mayo, they can't just take Belichick out and keep everything in place. Like, that's not that's not going to go over well with the fan base. That is just Mayo's the head coach. Steve Belichick's the defensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator. Matt Groh's, um running personnel. That it's everything except Belichick is out. I don't think that's going to satisfy anybody. And I don't think that's the direction that they should go. If it's Mayo, if they believe in his vision for the franchise in the next 10 years, let him shape the franchise in the vision that he wants. And if that means wholesale changes on the coaching staff on in the front office, then so be it. But, you know, you just can't just take out Belichick and and say, oh, well, everything's okay. I don't think that's good enough. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, 
can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with shelf-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy to cook this fall, but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning too while you're still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. I got to say something. The flavor is so on point with these meals, you know, whether I had like this, you know, barbecue chicken thing and my wife, like we all... The, the number one thing when I would ask my wife about like, what do you think about that? She's like, the flavor is awesome. And I'm telling you, it's it comes right to your door. I love the shipping. It's ready to go. It's still cold. They they have like three freezer packs in there. They don't even melt a little bit. You get it so fast, it's awesome. Factors, ne fresh, never frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your goals. With Factor, you can be rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our de delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. I'm telling you, you guys are going to love this. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 or use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. That's code Bedard50 at Factor. Uh, Patriots offense, Greg, let's jump to this game now against the Raiders. First of all, what in the blue hell was going on with that quarterback situation? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but first of all, the biggest thing is it's about, you know, Belichick and his roster management because God forbid they don't have a backup gunner ready <laughs> to go in this game where I think there was like one kick. Let's see. There was one punt return by the Raiders. And there was one kickoff return by the Patriots. So there were, there were three kick returns in this game, you know, so, uh, Cunningham has the ability to cover kicks. Um, there were a lot of injuries, as Belichick said. To, to, so to me, this was about roster management. They were trying to steal a roster spot at quarterback. That's how ridiculous this operation is at this point. And to me, what it also said was they hate Bailey Zappi. They think he is terrible. They thought what he did in the fourth quarter of the previous two games was god-awful, which it was, especially this last game when he had an opportunity to go in. And they were like, what the hell is the point? If Bailey is so bad, if Mac gets hurt, or if it's a blowout again, and we got we got to put somebody in, we might as well put Malik Cunningham, who knows nothing about playing quarterback in this system, and just call a couple simple run plays, a couple read option plays, and let him run around. We're, we have a chance to be much more productive if we do that than if we put Bailey Zappi in. So to me, that's what it was about. They can wipe off the old Jacoby Brissett versus Texans game plan if, yeah. if Mac goes down. Uh, before we get into Mac, because we're going to get into him, I just I really hope people are appreciating this. You drafted a quarterback in the first round. You've completely mishandled him to the point now where he's looked broken. And you have no backup plan. You've mishandled the first round quarterback to the point he's broken and your backup plan on Sunday was an undrafted free agent who has been practicing as a wide receiver. Think about that. 
He didn't even warm up at quarterback before the game. He warmed up a wide receiver. He didn't even take any throws to get his arm warm if he had to throw. I mean, that's all you need to know. The the quarterback position is the most crucial position in all of sports. It is the one that you cannot mishandle as a GM or as a head coach. You cannot mishandle that position. And Belichick has fumbled that position so badly, whether you like Mac, hate Mac, whatever. He's ruined Mac from being at least average quarterback to being a puddle for the most part. And then an undrafted free agent wide receiver is your backup quarterback. That's that's where we're at, folks. (laughs) Doesn't it just say everything about what Bill thinks of offense and quarterbacks? I mean, doesn't I mean, you know. He he would again. He would never leave himself shorthanded on defense. But at quarterback, the biggest position, he's like, eh, if our quarterback gets hurt <laughs> and we have a shitty offensive line, which it could happen, doesn't freaking matter. Who cares? Just run a ball. Just run a guy out there who can run around and make plays and do a read option. I mean, like this is where we are. I mean, if if this doesn't tell you how Bill views the game. And contrast that to other teams, the better team, the best teams in this league, the teams that are competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. All right, Mac, give me a quick thought on Mac. What'd you say? Uh, I thought he was bad in this game. I I really did. I did not have a positive play for him until the throw to Devontae Parker, which granted was unbelievable. I mean, he was not open. Mac threw him open. He put it you know, right where he had to with the game on the line. And of course, this will, this can further go to, you can put this back into your um, Mac files that you brought out earlier this year, um, Nick, in terms of, um, you know, lack of fourth quarter comebacks and stuff like that. You could put, you know, it doinked off Devonte Parker's <laughs> hands, which they would have had the ball at the Raiders. No, no, 40 no, no, no like Greg, Greg, it, it, it wasn't off his hands. It was off his oh, fingertips, according to Devonte. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> would you, would you see? Um, so, Next. so, uh, you know, look, here's the thing with Mac. Um, and I do still believe and and people can roll their eyes, but I've been covering this league long enough. I've covered all sorts of different quarterbacks. Quarterback pressure is real. And the accumulation of pressure is real. The effect that it has on especially pocket quarterbacks is real. And Mac is still in the sort of PTSD stage as far as pressure to the point where pressure wasn't really that much of an issue in this game for the first time, I think all season, or at least since week one against the Eagles, it was below 40%. I think I had it at 38%. Um, even, even as bad as Vidarian Lowe and Antonio Maffi were, um, it pressure wasn't a huge deal. You know, here's, Here's my issue with Mac at this point. And, and to me, I think there was enough on film in this game. And you look at the way Bill, Bill O'Brien game planned this game. I mean, there were barely any throws downfield. Now, there were opportunities to throw downfield that Mac didn't take. Um, so it wasn't completely dink and dunk, but it was mostly dink and dunk. I mean, most of his passes were within 10 yards or behind the line of scrimmage. And to me, it was around, it was, yes, it was around the offensive line and Max Crosby. But it was also about Mac that they didn't they they wanted to get rid of the ball as soon as possible. They think at this point he's so shell shocked that the longer the play goes, the worse it can go for the team. And you know, look at his interception. 
uh, you know, for for evidence of that. But to me, the bigger issue to me, Nick, and and where he is, and maybe maybe he's in the maybe he's in the process of settling down a little bit more. And we'll we'll have to see whether he starts against the Bills and whether that continues. Uh, because if you don't just flip a switch and say, okay, a quarterback who's been sped up is going to slow down. That doesn't happen. It, you, you have to build to that. And, right. But to me, the biggest issues that I had with Mac is that he left plays on the field. His eyes aren't in the right places on plays. For example, um, in the first quarter, the third and seven, which was the Adam Butler sack, I put half the sack on Mac and half on Antonio Maffi for not um, reacting to the stunt well enough, which is a huge problem for him. But so what happens after the snap, Mac is locked into Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne in the middle of the field. The yep. problem is that there are four Raiders around him. So he should have seen that from the beginning. And he also should have known, you know, Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham, they kind of know us. They're probably going to take away what we want to do. And so, but what Max should have done was look and say, all right, we don't have the numbers. And then quickly went backside. Devontae Parker is coming on an in-cut. It was there. And, and Mac didn't make the throw. He took a sack. He was staring at the middle of the field. He's doing that more and more. It happens all the time. Um, there was, uh, in the second quarter, Mac Jones checked it down to Ramondre Stevenson on first and 10 for four yards. Bill O'Brien had a great call. He figured the Raiders would be in uh, Tampa two coverage. They were in Tampa two coverage. He had a beater called and he had um, Kendrick Bourne on the left sideline with his hand up, but Mac never looked over there. He's his eyes aren't in the right place. That happens like, you know, all the time uh, you have the interception. If people want to look, I have a thorough breakdown on BSA on all my minus plays for Mac. What went wrong? I also have video that you can watch. Um, there are also third quarter, third and eight, Mac Jones pass incomplete short left to Hunter Henry. I think that was when he was well covered. Again, yep. Mac gets locked into Hunter Henry. He's just yep. staring at him. It's not there where Bourne is open. He's wide open in the middle of the field. Why is Mac staying locked? This is not Mac. This is not the Mac Jones that I know. This is not the Mac Jones from his rookie year. This is he is getting locked into things. His eyes aren't in the right place. This happens over and over again. There was the the deep shot to Tyquan Thornton. That was a balloon ball, ten <laughs> feet out of bounds. It wasn't even close. And that's a that's a ball you need to throw up. And by the way, Tyquan Thornton's speed was real on film. There's definitely something there, but I don't know if Mac can throw it to him. That's how fast he is, and and the issues with Mac right now. Um, the Ty, uh, the Ty Montgomery, where Ty Montgomery caught the ball, but it should have been picked off by the Raiders in the red zone. Mike Kosicki's wide open in the middle of the field. Like his eyes just aren't in the right place. And to me, watching this film, if Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick went back and if they said, yeah, that's it. Like it's not getting any better. He had the opportunity to make plays in this game. He's not making any plays like, what are we doing here? This game plan is so simple at this point that whether it's Bailey Zappi or Will Greer, you know, they can do it. I don't, you know, it, to me, it's just a matter of time that Max on a one year or uh, one game sort of contract. Like, let's see how it looks this week. If they sent him to the bench this week, it would not surprise me in the least. But if he gets another chance, okay. But as far as what's next, 
and I know, I don't know, people are taking my quotes out of context and things like that. You know, Bailey Zappi does not have um, much support in the building. Now, you know, some of his support, like say from Joe Judge, might be influence. It might be influential over Bill Belichick because he's assistant head coach. I don't know. I would say that there are from from my discussions, there are more people who want to see what real Will Greer can do. Who got an increase in practice reps this week? Um, so, if I had to guess, I think that Will Greer would get the next opportunity. Is he quite ready? Probably not. But I think. Like I said, I think Max on a week-to-week basis at this point, and the film in this game was not good enough and, and is uh, evidence, if they want it, to move on from him and do something different. I think you've got to keep him in for as long as you can keep him in. And I, I say that because this is about 2024 now. And whether you want to keep Mac or not keep Mac, Mac getting benched or Mac, you know, continuing to just look god awful is really a, a bad scenario for this team in the in the long term. And not even if you don't believe in Mac Jones, because what you want is you want to try to rebuild his value. And it, because it, right now, if you traded him, you might get what like a fifth round pick for Mac. Like, I mean, Trey Lance went for a fourth, and that guy played a handful of games in five years. So right. you might get a fourth. But here's the thing. If you believe that he's capable of taking the baby steps and getting not back to what he was at the beginning of the year, but if you can get him through the next couple of games and the schedule softens and he he plays like at least a a decent NFL quarterback, that will raise his value because other teams will look at him and say, you know what? He wasn't going to get much more out of that system with how it was run and with the lack of talent. So you might get a team willing to give up a second or third round pick this off season. If you can rebuild his value, if you shut him down, you shut him down. That's it. And his value doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. It's just, it is what it is right now. And then people look at him as a reclamation project. So I understand. And I, I can't debate people that want to shut him down. Now, if that's what you want, that's what you want. Okay. I get it. But if you're looking at the big picture, and trying to set this team up to be as good as it can be in 2024, even if Mac is not part of the picture long term, and even in 2024, the best thing you can do is try to rebuild some of that value so you can get a better draft asset, more draft capital out of the guy you picked in the first round a couple of years ago. So unless you're absolutely sure that Will Greer is an upgrade, yeah, you keep throwing Mac out there. If he flames out, you lose more games, he flames out, whatever. But you're, you're taking you're taking a shot that he can slowly kind of get back and rebuild. And if you're at the end of 2023 saying, man, that was a shitty season, but the quarterback is not a lost cause, you're better off than saying everything sucks, everything was shitty, the quarterback is done. So I think you have to, even in the long term, even if you don't want him, you've, you've got to try to repair that so you can get something for him this offseason. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Greg, quickly, before we get to three up, three down, uh, Josh McDaniels versus Steve Belichick. Who won? I thought Josh McDaniels clearly won. I mean, you know, you look at their, especially their early third down success. This was, to me, on film, McDaniels and Garoppolo anticipating uh, exactly what the Patriots were going to do as far as bringing pressure and how they're going to play coverage. Like, you know, every time it seemed like they had an answer for what the the Raiders were going to do. And, you know, that the Raiders were running as many plays that they did. I was like, I was watching the film. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's just, it's just turned to the second quarter. Like they're on the field forever. And if, if, uh, if that receiver doesn't drop that pass on third down, um, you know, the the Raiders are off to the races. And I just thought that, um, you know, that again, the, the pass rush was pretty much non-existent in this game. And the Patriots again, blitzed, uh, more than they usually I've never seen a Patriots defense blitz as much as they have this season, which sort of tells you where they are. And and I thought Garoppolo for as jittery as he is looked pretty comfortable um, in the pocket. Uh, you know, I, they, they had a good plan against Devonte Adams, but it looked like the Raiders went in like, look, we know they're going to take Devonte away and they're going to selectively, you know, double Jacoby Myers at times. And, you know, we have to have answers and Meyer was an answer, you know, that was McDaniels anticipating what they were going to do. And I just thought, you know, I, I didn't think that, I didn't think that the Patriots ever made the Raiders uncomfortable in this game. Yes. The, you know, the, the points weren't there and some people will point to Ben, but don't break. But again, I think that's another thing that's a uh, sort of an ancient sort of tactic in today's game you know, bend, but don't break. I, I just think those yards, I think that time on the field, it, it accumulates. And, you know, I thought that, um, you know, I thought they did some good things up front. I thought they did a good job against the, the Raiders running game. I, I, like we talked about last week, I hate the Raiders guards and they, especially Christian Barmore completely own the matchup against those guys. And so that helped control the, uh, the running game. Uh, Peppers was a beast but I thought there were issues, you know, big issues in the secondary. Again, I thought J.C. Jackson uh, was an issue. That was a legit DPI. Um, he tugged the guy's jersey. That's going to get called. That's what he does. That that play as much of any as anything probably cost the Patriots a chance to win this game. And it can't happen. And he had other coverage issues. You know, remember last week, Nick, we talked about how he had a coverage bust when he was playing man to man and everybody else was playing cover three. He had the exact same bust again, leaving Devontae Adams wide open, but Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't see him. And there's a lot of that stuff going on. The the touchdown to Jacoby Myers was a complete cluster bleep. Uh, on the part of the defense, <laughs> uh, you don't like the you don't like the uh, you don't like the let's defend Michael Mayer with five guys. You know you don't uh, like that defense. That was that was unbelievable. And to me, that was either I think it was Kyle Duggar. It could have been Jabril Peppers, but I think that is Kyle Duggar getting exposed again. I think he was supposed to rotate and be the middle of the field safety. Miles Bryant is playing for help, and there's no help there. And uh, so 
you know, they they just have those miscues as well on defense that just, you know, cost them big time in these games uh, when they do keep it close. And so, you know, to me, this was the Raiders were very comfortable on offense. McDaniels knew exactly what they were going to do. Uh, they had no problem with it. And really, the Raiders, you know, only opponent in this game as far as their offense was their own mistakes. And they made a lot of mistakes. That's where they are. They're just not that good. And, and uh, you know, thank goodness for that. Or we could have been looking at another blowout in this game. Yeah, Ben, don't break. Uh, Patriots defense bent. Raiders offense broke in the red zone. And heading into this game, they were, you know, 20th, I think, in the league in, in, in red zone offense. And that was only because they converted a couple against Green Bay. Before that Green Bay game, they were one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. The holding, the dropped pass on that first drive led to the field goal. Then you had another hold on Mumford when they were about to walk into the end zone. Uh, so I, I think th this defense was not nearly as good as people thought it might have been if you look at the final score. They allowed five out of the first seven third downs to be converted. Raiders were 29th in the league, third down offense entering the game. They couldn't get them off the field. Uh, Michael Mayer, love him. Notre Dame fan, told you, told you he's good. Um, but, you know, Michael Mayer single-handedly kills you on three third downs to start the, to start the game. Blown coverage for the Myers touchdown. Just No pass rush. Not and look, the pass rush Uche is banged up, limited. Keon White got concussed at the beginning of the game. You don't have Judon. I get it. I get it. You know, injuries have something to do with this, but I'm just telling you the results. It, they just it, the defense is not as good as you thought it was on Sunday. That's what I will say. All right, before we get to three up, three down, uh, check them out over at BSJ. Bedard, Giardi, tag teaming on the Patriots with film and all that good stuff. Also. Uh, Hags joined the crew yesterday. That was announced. So uh, Haggerty is part of the crew writing Bruin stuff on BSJ. So you want to check them out as well. I believe there's uh, some kind of a special, right, Greg, with, with Haggerty? Uh, yeah, if you go there um, and also for our Celtics covers to kick off the season, either Celtics 23 or Hags uh, gets you 20% uh, off the annual rate. So there you go. I also remind all of you, episode brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner, CLNS Media Network. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Quick, lightning version of three up, three down, Greg. Three up. Let's start positive. Uh, Christian Barmore. I thought this yeah. was one of his best games as uh, a, a Patriot. He was tremendous in this game. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, yep. Well, you know, he, a lot of outside of the 36-yard pickup, you know, it, it wasn't anything – um out of the ordinary but i mean look where they are with an offense to be that productive um is tremendous and uh you know let's give a nod to jabril peppers um for that ridiculous hit um and causing an interception which you know bailed out the defense again they actually made a play but i think that was actually more jimmy garoppolo being late with the ball with anything but you know it's what he does is real and uh thank god that somebody made a play on that defense I love Peppers, man. I know he'll mess up from time to time, but I love that guy. I thought Tavai and Jennings were good on the edge against the run. Thought they played pretty well. I think Jennings made a number of plays um, yep. for a guy that hasn't played a ton of snaps, you know, throughout his career. When he's when he's been given the opportunity, he's handled himself pretty well. I, I also give credit to Zeke Elliott. I thought Zeke showed some pop, and I, yep. I don't know why. I don't know why Zeke had like what seven carries in this game. Again, that, I think that's play calling malpractice by Bill O'Brien. So I'll, I'll mention Zeke as well. Three down, Greg. Yeah, you know, by the way, on Zeke, I just want to say that um, to me, 
he's their best offensive player right now. And the, while I'm a Ramondre Stevenson guy, uh, there comes a time when you need to make a decision. And I think that Zeke, I think that Zeke deserves to be the lead back and they need to feed him. And you know, that, that looks good. That's one thing that looks good on offense. Um, Can I down, just say this quick? Hold on yeah. before three down. I just, I, I want people to absorb what Greg just said. Your best yep. offensive player is the guy that was signed in what August straight off, off the couch. <laughs> that, that it's your best offensive player right now. All right. Three down, Greg. Yep. Uh, Mac Jones. We talked about him. Uh, Vidarian low gave up, I think seven total quarterback pressures. You know, he was put in a tough spot. He was on an Island against Max Crosby a lot. No good. I also, uh, Antonio Maffi, uh, was terrible. I also want to mention JC Jackson. He was awful. <laughs> and I also want to uh, mention Devonte Parker for that Ugh. ridiculous third down route. Like, yeah, we just have all day, Devonte. Take your time. Just stop in the middle of the route on third down if you want to. Like, just yeah, there's not a football game going on here or anything. And the drop and his post game press conference. Like, it's just a joke. Like, him and Juju need to go. Like, just can can you trade them somewhere? Somewhere get some used footballs. Like, come on, I'm I'm sick of watching this stuff. Dude hopscotched into his route. Like literally was like playing hopscotch into, into whatever route he was running. Disaster. Disaster. I'm done with Devontae Parker. I'm done with Juju. I'm just I'm done with those guys. Kayshawn Booty, you know, he might not be able to get both feet in bounds, but at least he catches the freaking ball. Like, put Booty out there. Give him a shot. He should have been active on Sunday. Give a, give me a break with this. Give, give me a it, Bill, you were wrong. You were wrong on Parker. You were wrong on Juju. Mike Gasicki, ass over tea kettle, trying to block Max Crosby on the final step of the game offensively. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back later in the week to preview Buffalo because uh, I'm sure we're going to be very optimistic to say that uh, things going to get better with Buffalo coming to town. Until then, he's Greg and I'm Nick. <laughs>